The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So today, in our practice together, I'm going to start with a, a little bit of instructions just to orient you to the style of practice that we'll be doing today. Um, it's it's a, a practice that I learned from my teacher, my Burmese teacher, Saira Utejaniya. And the uh, thing that I most love about this practice is that it, uh, the instructions for this style of practice, whether we're sitting or eating or talking on the phone, or driving, or working, the instructions are the same. So there's no difference in the practice on and off the cushion. So it supports us. Basically, sometimes my teacher, Saira Uteshaniya, says that you come to the monastery to learn the practice, and then you go home and practice all day. So that's what we're doing today. We're exploring here the tools for this kind of practice, this practice of mindfulness that allows us to be present in our lives. So that the emphasis is not as much on the sitting practice in some ways, although there's a lot that we see in the sitting practice. In some ways, the sitting practice, it creates the conditions for us to really cultivate and deepen the, uh, the meditation. And then we can see more and more of how our habits, our patterns, our lives are uh, um, being run by our mental habits, our, our patterns, our uh, conditioning. So this, um, the purpose of the practice, and I would say in general, the purpose of the practice is to uh, learn about our minds, to learn about and understand the way our own minds participate in why we struggle, why we suffer. That understanding as we watch and see how our minds are participating in why we struggle, why we're dissatisfied, why we feel that things are off, why we suffer. Even the the subtler forms of that struggle in our lives. As we start to open to that and witness it, wisdom begins to develop. Wisdom begins to grow that supports our minds for learning how to, like, slowly turn our uh, direction away from those habits and patterns towards more wholesome, skillful relationship to our lives. And so slowly through this practice, our mind moves from its habitual patterns of wanting to have things, wanting to get rid of things, the kind of orientation that we've lived with for so much of our lives, figuring that if I can just construct the world if I can just construct my environment, even just this little little place that I live, if I can make that okay to live in, then I'll be okay, I'll be happy. But then what we see often is that the law of impermanence takes over and the, the 
fact that we don't have control over what happens to us in so many ways. And even if we've managed to, for a short time, create the conditions for um, for uh, feeling okay about our lives, th- those conditions will fall apart and then we end on this endless cycle of having to then scramble to reconstruct conditions. And so the, the Buddha... Uh, taught us tools that helped us from to, to move from that uh, scrambling to continually try to find a constructed world that feels okay to uh, learning how the that very movement of wanting the very movement of wanting to have things that we like, get rid of things that we don't like, that wanting to construct, essentially, is a huge part of why we are struggling. It's, it's so counterintuitive. Because we think that that wanting to construct is what's making us happy. And the Buddha's insight was, no, actually that wanting to construct is the very reason why we are suffering so much. And so uh, the tools will help to point us to, to watch how the mind is doing that wanting to construct. And as we begin to watch that, what we see, that, that movement of wanting to construct, already in the very moment, that movement of wanting to construct creates the conditions for, or, or it is the experience of, of feeling um, off already. As soon as we want something to be other than it is, the feeling in our system is off. And so we explore our minds. We begin to watch our minds and see how that wanting to construct, wanting to have things to get rid of things, that that already feels painful, that there's already struggle and suffering there. And as we watch that with a, a kind of a curiosity of learning about our minds, the, the mind begins to slowly understand and recognize that that pattern of constructing isn't so helpful. It begins to let it go and move more towards patterns of action not non-action, but patterns of action from compassion, kindness, love, generosity, wisdom, balance of mind, rather than action based on confusion, wanting, aversion. And so the, this practice, basically, what we, what we explore is what our minds are doing and how what our minds are doing are contributing to our struggles. And that very work of seeing how our minds contribute to our struggles helps our mind kind of gradually begin to understand, oh, this way, this way feels more open. This way feels more connected. This way the heart isn't constricted. So that we see that that gradually the heart begins to understand it can let go of some of those habits, those patterns. So this style of practice uh, that I learned from Saito Utejaniya is um, a lot about learning how to watch our minds. Learning how to um, notice not just what is happening in our experience, but how we are relating to it. So there's things going on in the world, and a lot of our... um, 
experience has to do with that we like things, that we don't like things, we, we want things, we don't want things, we are aversive or angry or irritated or frustrated or confused or annoyed. And often we aren't so much clearly aware that that's happening. And so we're acting from those, uh, from those places. And so this practice emphasizes to some extent not only being aware of what we are experiencing, but how we are relating to it. So there's two sides to our experience and both sides we'll be cultivating and exploring in this day long today. So every experience that we uh, have, there's both the experience, what we're actually experiencing, sounds, sights, smells, tastes, touches, and things happening in our mind, thoughts, moods, emotions. Um, So there's what's happening. And then there's also... Uh, how we are with that. So there's, there's two sides to our experience. We can know what is happening and how we are relating to it. And largely the suffering and the struggle in our experience is found in the how we're relating. There may be things happening in the world that are unpleasant or painful Um, and that actually we do need to take some action to change. So this is not not a, um, this often is a a place to recognize and understand that this practice is not about non-action. So there there may be things that we need to uh, take action about in the world, but what we explore is our relationship, is something we need to take action about. Are we wanting to take that action out of anger and hatred? Or can we come from a perspective of an open heart whose response to suffering in the world is compassion, compassionate action? So we explore what's happening, our relationship to it. So we'll be exploring both sides of this today. The practice that um, Saira Utejaniya offered, one of the big emphases of this practice that really struck me early on was the amount he emphasized relaxation. So now moving more into the mechanics of the practice itself, stepping from the, you know, the why we practice and what we're going to be looking at, the mechanics of the practice, the very first piece of it is relaxation. When I uh, first started my meditation, I would not say relaxation was the orientation that I brought to it. I brought a real strong doing and efforting to my practice. But what Sayada Utejaniya helped me to discover is that as I explored relaxing, relax the body, we start with a, a, a kind of an encouragement to relax the physical body. That relaxing the physical body can support a little bit of a, a, a softening in the mind particularly softening the face. There's such a connection between what's going on in our minds, any tension in the mind is often expressed on the face. And yet this, uh, the face is a very, um, 
it not only shows what's happening in the mind, it can construct. If we put an expression on our face, this, this research done by, um, I believe, Daniel Goleman, that they did some research about people just being asked, just put a smile on your face. Just try it right now. Just let yourself smile. Just smile. The research showed that when they did that, they had electrodes on people's heads and it created, the, it created happiness in people's minds. So the face not only expresses what's happening in our minds, but it also can help us to move towards a, uh, a more relaxed and easeful mind. So if you can relax your face, it will help to relax the mind. And the whole body that way also, the whole body has an impact on the mind. And so we can consciously relax the body, and that's a place to begin. Relaxing the body supports a relaxing of the mind. And then we also explore what it means to relax the mind. When a mind is tense, it's often uh, moving into past and future. It's, it's, it's tight, it's constricted. When the body is relaxed, the mind can be relaxed. And when the mind is not caught in thoughts of past or future, when it's just settled, not uh, tight about anything, the relaxed mind is naturally knowing what's happening. And so this was a real revelation for me that rather than feeling like I had to churn up an activity of doing to become mindful, I could relax and kind of relax my way into being mindful rather than doing mindfulness. So this was a, this was a big part of the learning. So relaxation is a big part, and I will emphasize this a lot in the day. <coughs> And yet, we do have to make some effort here in our practice. We start with some relaxation, and that will really help us to find a way into a more, maybe what we could call a natural mindfulness, a mindfulness that's more um, uh, uh, naturally apparent when we relax than kind of constructed or... or, um, that we try to create it by looking at something. We can uh, support mindfulness arising by turning our attention to something like the breath or like sound. Um, So that's definitely a way that we can cultivate mindfulness. But that also takes some energy and effort to direct the attention. This relaxing moves us to a place where there's more of a sense of, ah, here's mindfulness. It's just here. We, We don't have to work so hard to find it. And yet... This practice isn't simply about settling back and relaxing. There is some effort needed. The effort that we um, explore in this practice is just about recognizing. So as we relax, just right now, relaxing the body, relaxing just in this few moments, just relax the body, relax the face, See if there can be a letting go of tension in the mind. And now, what is, what is obvious to you? Or what is easily available to your awareness? 
What's, what, I mean, it might be the sensations of your hands, or it might be the sound of my voice, or the sound of cars outside. It might be sensations in your body, the contact of your hips against the chair or cushion or bench. Just what's easily available. In a moment, just like right now, let yourself notice your hands. Let yourself notice the contact of your hips. Let yourself notice that hearing is happening. How hard is it in a moment, for a moment, to know that? It's usually not very hard. It's, it's a very tiny bit of a, a little bit of effort to connect with what's already here what's already available to be known. So we relax and we receive what's here, what's already here. The effort in this practice isn't about trying to find something to pay attention to. Instead, it's about, ah, a light touch of what's here right now. And then, in the next moment, ah, and how about now? And how about now? So the effort in this practice is about just remembering to notice what's obvious. That remembering to notice what's easily available to be noticed. And we'll forget. Of course we'll forget. But this is the, this is the kind of effort we, we explore in this practice. It's a light touch, a little bit. Just, to, just enough to know what's happening for this moment. And then... We do it again. What I find often in, in meditation, the way we over-effort has to do with like sitting down and creating the idea in our minds, okay, I'm going to sit for 40 minutes or half an hour, and I'm going to practice the whole time. And it's almost like in that moment at the beginning, or each time we remember, we bear down trying to stay mindful for the future. All we can do is be mindful for this moment. How much effort does it take to be mindful for this? Not a lot. And do it again. Just enough effort to be mindful for this. And this. And this. Sayadaw Utejaniya gave me the instruction, the very first instruction he gave to me. The only work to give your mind is to remind yourself to be aware. Just reminding yourself. Notice what's happening in the present moment. This exploration of practice, of noticing what's happening in the present moment. There's, so this is, these are the first instructions. Relax, and the effort being very light, the next bit of instruction is that we remind ourselves to be aware. How do we do that? We can do that with some quiet questions or prompting in the mind initially. The first question is, am I aware? If you're even remembering to ask the question, you get to answer yes. 
And yet that's not, there's not, it's not a nonsensical question, which it might seem to be. If you can remember to ask the question, why bother asking the question since you are aware if you can ask the question? Why bother asking the question is that it begins to help the mind to be curious about what is this awareness? What is it to be aware? What is it to be mindful? We don't have to try to figure it out in my own exploration of this question. It wasn't so obvious to me exactly how I knew I was aware. I just knew that I was aware. And that's enough. Check into that, am I aware? Yes, I know that I'm aware. Over time, my uh, experience is that that just checking in, yes, I know I'm aware. This is knowing that I'm aware. This experience is knowing that I'm aware. We don't have to know or be able to define or describe what this experience is knowing I'm aware is. Just know it. And over time, it gets more clear to us. This is the experience of knowing I'm aware. So that's the first question. And it's not a question to think about. I will talk about the use of questions today in, as a part of our practice. But it's not asking questions in order to think about. It's like we just drop a question in and see what is it that becomes clear or what is it that's here? Maybe not even becomes clear. What is it that's here based on that question? So am I aware? Don't think about it. Just drop in the question and see what's there. This is the experience of being aware. The second question to drop in is, and what is obvious? Or what is easily known? What's available to be known here? There's so many things happening in the present moment. This is not about searching for something, not about trying to find something, but dropping in. What's obvious? Am I aware of what? Am I aware? Or is there awareness? Or maybe just simply aware with a question? Aware of what? Again, the, this isn't about nailing anything down. Just checking into the of what. Something may be kind of highlighted a little bit. A sound or body sensation, or maybe just a broader sense of being aware of many things happening together. Sounds and body sensations, just this body sitting here. Sometimes we, um, in our mindfulness, we narrow, it's like, it's like what we think of of being mindful is to be specifically present for some obvious specific thing. And sometimes what this practice opens us to is much more um, broader context of what we know. So for instance, right now, what's obvious to me is that I'm seeing and I'm speaking and I've got my body here and I'm feeling the resonance of speaking in my body. It's not, it's not like, you know, I'm knowing these very precise things. It's very broad. The... Uh, that's what's happening for me right now. As I practice in this form, 
it shifts and changes. There's sometimes when I'm noticing, oh, am I aware and what I'm aware of, that the experience becomes very detailed and very precise. And so this, this practice of am I aware and of what supports what I like to call a malleability of mind, a mind that can know things at many different levels and is not like stuck on any one experience as being what mindfulness is, not stuck on a certain uh, um, way to get somewhere. So am I aware of what? Am I aware of what? Of course the mind will wander. There's no question that the mind will wander. The mind will go out into thinking. And sometimes in exploring this more relaxed practice, if you've done a focused practice a lot, it may feel like and may happen that the mind wanders a little bit more as you let go of directing the attention so much and more settle back and, and receive. What's obvious here? What's here in this moment? What do I, what's obvious to be known right now? because the the mind has had practice or familiarity with directing the attention, when we let go of that, sometimes the mind will tend to drift out of the present moment a little bit more as we shift to this style of receptive awareness. And that's okay. It's learning a new style. In the moment when you recognize, because it will, you will recognize, you will recognize that your mind has gotten lost. In that moment... When you recognize it, mindfulness is already back. Awareness is back, right there. See if you can check into, ah, awareness. Here it is. What is this awareness? What is the experience of awareness? So awareness is back. There's no place to come back to, no breath that you have to come back to. You've become aware. Ah, awareness is back. What's obvious right now? Oh, thinking is obvious right now. Or maybe uh, something uh, in the mind has shifted as a result of thinking. Thinking has a powerful impact on our minds. If our minds have drifted out into thinking about an argument that we had three days ago, then often what will happen in that process of the mind going out to thinking is that that argument w- Replayed in the mind will create emotions here and now. So we wake up. Oh, thinking's happening right now. And what's here? Oh, constriction, heavy heart, frustration. Okay, can I know that? Just be aware of that. What I often find happens in this practice, yes, the mind will, will go out to thoughts about past and future and, you know, kind of construct things and plan and do its kind of normal everyday stuff. But sometimes what happens in this practice, because there's so much emphasis in relaxation, there's a lot of the uh, relax and just, okay, what's here? What's here? Sometimes what happens here is that the mind more drifts out of the present moment than charges out. You know, the, if we're thinking about uh, stuff from the past, 
the mind may charge out of the present moment into, oh yeah, they shouldn't have done that and I need to fix that and change that. The, the mind gets tight, the body gets tight. We wake up into that and we notice that. But often because we're emphasizing the relaxation, what happens more is that the mind just kind of, it's like pleasant to relax. And the mind will just kind of get lost in the pleasant. It'll drift away from being here. And sometimes what happens, we'll wake up drifting. Not really thinking, but maybe more daydreaming or just not really clearly present. In that moment of waking up, Again, there's no place to come to, come back to you. Just notice, ah, aware, aware of drifting, aware of what else has happened as a result of drifting. Sometimes when we drift, actually our minds and bodies get more relaxed, more calm, more comfortable, more at ease. In the moment of waking up, we have the opportunity to land in that ease that's been created by that drifting. It's almost as if the drifting is the, is the mind's way to find its way to a settled, more settled level, only we haven't been able to, to follow it with mindfulness. In the moment of waking up into it, there's an opportunity to recognize that experience, recognize that state of maybe more settledness, more ease, more calm, more peace in the mind. With this practice, I've seen way more often than I would have expected that when the mind wanders, when I wake up back into, the, into uh, awareness, I have a, there's an opportunity to actually land in a more settled place. If I'm not judging myself for having wandered, if the first thing that happens when we wake up into the wandering is, oh, I was wandering, bad yogi, come back to the breath, there's agitation that's generated in that. And we lose the opportunity to, ha, the mind had been drifting. Wow, it's pretty relaxed. This is the experience of relaxed, spacious mind. What's that like? So, relax. Light touch of effort. Am I aware of what? the last piece of the instruction that I'll offer and then we'll take a short stretch break and uh, do a sitting Um, is what we've been exploring so far has been more the what of experience what's happening so am I aware and what am I aware of the next bit of the instruction is more of an encouragement to look at the how how we're relating to experience So this is a checking of, just again, using a question, what's my relationship to what's happening? What's my attitude is the language that Utejaniya uses. Another, a couple other ways to ask this question, just like, how am I? How is, how am I with this? If that works for you. Or sometimes even just simply what else is here? Just to kind of expand your sense of uh, 
you know, often when there's, we're aware of something, what's happening, there's a larger context that the mind is not so clearly aware of. And so what else is happening or what else is here sometimes can just broaden that sense of, ah, okay, what else is here is there's a little bit of frustration, a little bit of pushing. So checking the relationship with the experience. I'll talk a little bit more about the kinds of relationships we have a little bit later, but I'll just name them right now. (coughs) Four basic flavors of relationship that we have with our experience. There's the relationship of leaning into, wanting something. We like it, we want more of it. It's the attitude of, of greed, of wanting. Liking wanting, desire, just a kind of a leaning towards experience, wanting something to continue. So that's the first flavor related to, the first three flavors are are related to the three root challenges, struggles in our mind, that of greed, aversion, and delusion. So that leaning towards wanting, wanting something to be, continue. Uh, The second is not wanting, not liking. There's so many flavors of this. Irritation, annoyance, frustration, anger, rage, hatred. Um, So that, that, that orientation of mind, don't like this. Fear is one of those, get, get me out of here, that kind of flavor of the mind. Uh, the, th- the third is a relationship of, of related to delusion. <clears throat> Many ways that this comes about. Um, the most obvious is a sense of disconnection, just not being connected with what's happening. But there are also ways in which um, believing something is a form of this kind of attitude. You know, believing uh, believing something is right or uh, having a perspective that this is what I have to do. Just, just agendas, beliefs, ideas about what needs to happen. Even if we're aware, we may not be disconnected, but we may be seeing experience through a perspective that we are not so clearly knowing. And so sometimes we can check into this by just checking, you know, what's being believed right now? And, and then, again, you know, w- with the checking of the attitude, checking how am I with the experience, the interest here is not to try to get rid of what we see when we notice. It's like, oh, we're paying attention to experience and we notice, ooh, liking. It's not that we then say, oh, how do I get rid of liking? That would be the attitude of aversion to the liking. But it's more, oh, this is revealing something I wasn't clearly aware of before. So there's this is happening and liking is happening. That's what's happening right now. Clearly knowing this is what's happening, this is how I'm relating to it. So it, it brings the mindfulness to a broader understanding of what's happening in our minds. We begin to recognize, oh, this wanting was happening behind the scenes. I didn't even really, I wasn't even really clearly aware of it. And so as we check the attitude, step back and say, okay, and what else is happening? Or how am I relating to this? The instruction in that moment is simply allow whatever is revealed when you check the attitude to just be, it becomes yet another thing that we're aware of in the present moment. 
nothing to fix, nothing to change, just, oh, okay, there's, there's, uh, you know, pain in the knee, and there is uh, frustration. Okay, that's what's happening. Know that. Frustration, and there's that pain. So that's the first three uh, uh, forms of attitude that we can see. The, the fourth form of attitude or relationship to experience is the form that really allows our mindfulness to begin to really deepen and establish, and that is a balance of mind. We can be knowing experience and not reacting to it. Non-reactivity isn't something we notice that much sometimes. No problem is not something we notice very much. We, we notice when, it's a pro- when things are a problem, but when it's just simply, oh, things are okay, often that goes right by us. And so, again, checking the attitude, checking the relationship helps, to, helps the mind to begin to feel into this is what it's like when the mind isn't struggling. Okay, so what's happening right now is there's sound and body sensation. And what's the relationship? No problem. Okay. What is that like? It's a subtler experience sometimes. Maybe not so obvious. And again, just taking it in, not having to, it's not like we turn and look at it, but it's just like, okay, this is happening and it's no problem. Sometimes that helps us to touch into subtler states of mind like calm and peace and ease. So what's happening is many experiences and the mind is calm about it. Can that be known? Open to the experience of calm with what's happening. That's probably enough about that for now. I'll talk more about these flavors a little bit later. So uh, these are the basic instructions. Relax. Light touch of effort. Just reminding yourself to be aware. Am I aware of what? And from time to time checking the relationship to experience. The am I aware and of what is kind of the, the gentle reminding that checking the relationship is something to do occasionally. It's not, I, I like to encourage people to, to do that, you know, maybe every few minutes, but not just to continue, am I aware of what, what's my attitude? That's a little too much, it's a little too busy. Just am I aware of what? And from time to time checking, and how am I? What's the relationship to experience? So those are the basic instructions. So right now let's take a short stretch break, mostly just to stand.